The conviction of Timothy McVeigh means the Oklahoma City bombing is a crime at least partially solved. What remains? The trial of his alleged co-conspirator, Terry Nichols, and the enduring mystery of whether anyone else was involved. It's a question that looms large for grieving family members, like Roy Sells. The case is still open-ended. It hadn't ended. So I think if there is a third or fourth guy or a fifth guy, I believe eventually they'll find them. The first question, was there a wider conspiracy, even one involving foreign terrorists? That was expected to be a central part of the defense. McVeigh's lawyer, Stephen Jones, traveled overseas and spent millions investigating other theories. But the judge shut the defense down, excluding evidence purporting to prove a conspiracy theory because he ruled the defense did not have evidence, so it was irrelevant. Question two, is there a John Doe too? The man originally portrayed in this sketch. He was never found, and later the government would say this man, Tom Bunting, was John Doe too, but had nothing to do with the bombing. But what about the testimony of Eldon Elliott? He owned the body shop in Junction City, Kansas, where the truck that carried the bomb was rented two days before the blast. Elliott said there was a second man with McVeigh that day, whom he couldn't describe. The most interesting unanswered question is whether Timothy McVeigh truly was a Lone Ranger riding into Oklahoma City. And there's the testimony of bombing victim Dana Bradley. She said she saw a man who did not look like Timothy McVeigh get out of the Ryder truck in front of the Murrah building. Question three, where and how was the bomb constructed? The government's theory was that McVeigh and Nichols mixed the explosive ingredients at Geary State Lake near Junction City. But at trial, no such evidence was presented. Instead, prosecutors relied on phone records to prove McVeigh shopped for the bomb elements. The government told jurors despite these questions, even if there were others involved, that has nothing to do with the evidence against McVeigh and Nichols. It's very rare that a prosecution can fill in every hole, can fill in every piece of evidence. The Oklahoma City bombing is no different. A guilty verdict today won't change the reality that there are some facts we may never know, answers we may never have. Welcome to the Conspiracy Therapy Podcast with Ryan, Larry, G- Springhill, Josh. Oh, I almost said Josh. And the Aluma Mommy herself, <laughs> Miss April. And on today's episode, we end our series on the Oklahoma City bombing with our part two. Well, guys, we're here, and it's time to get down on this part two of our two-parter on Oklahoma City bombing. We're in the Ship Kitchen studio. We're feeling free. We're feeling frisky. We got two pups in the studio today. Mm -hmm. I took a picture and posted it on our Facebook. You should like it. God damn it. Usually, it's just one trying to mount Ryan. (laughs) 
not my wrist. Yep. Mm-hmm. I got a nice female wrist, you, I guess. You have a very fuckable wrist. <laughs> <laughs> All that masturbating helps. Oh yeah, there's some there's some tightness there. <laughs> Single dad 2018, folks. <laughs> anyway, it's good to be here. How you guys doing? We good? I'm swell. Super. We're in a wacky Wednesday here. Larry, how you doing? <laughs> Sound like a morning zoo. It's wacky Wednesday. <laughs> no, 13 in a row coming up. <laughs> Make sure to win tickets to Ryan Fest. That's right. Bunch of rambling happening there. Half of corn will be there. <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's called and Orm. Buckethead. <laughs> Buckethead. <laughs> of course. Of course. All those rock fests for the mornings. There's like three quarters of one band and like the guitarist of another. <laughs> this is a weird side note. But I saw lately there was like a festival that was posted and it, it listed also featuring clown from Slipknot. Yeah, exactly. I'm like, just going to go up there with this beer kegs. Just that's my song. I don't know, but I expect that you wouldn't like it because it is a clown. Well, I do like Slipknot, though. And former WWF personality Virgil. You're like, Million Dollar Man's bodyguard's going to be there? All right. Sure. Sonata's by Chris Jericho. Sounds like a it's like when you're you not even to, gonna get Jericho to that. Oh, you know you're right. Okay, that's so why you're getting Virgil. It'll be James Ellsworth then. Not even him. <laughs> you're getting Virgil, like <laughs> it or not. Potty <laughs> Slam Poor Podcast. Guy. Check it out. Part of Beer City Media. Oh, my stomach's grumbling. Hey. <laughs> my dogs all of a sudden feel superior. <laughs> I'm up I on this table. That little thing is gonna get my wrath. I see. <laughs> I see that wrist, and I want to fuck it. All right, there you go, bud. Anyway, so <sighs> we covered a lot in the last episode, and we 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 really ended. We really ended the thing. Microphone. Sorry, that's <laughs> all right. We really ended the thing with the boom boom. Mm-hmm. We got the audio, but now we're gonna get into more of the collection. More of the collection. The co- just doing the laundry. <laughs> we're going to get into more of the connections with Elohim City, but also we're going to talk a lot about John Doe t- number two, which is the olive skinned individual who makes a lot of conspiracy theorists go, What? what? Alex Jones? No. Alex oh, Jones is not olive skin colored. I'm super glad you said <laughs> Alex Jones. By the way, in recent news, he was removed from YouTube and Facebook. What do you guys think not about Twitter. that? Not Twitter. Not Twitter, though. And, but Spotify, too, and, correct? Yep, Spotify. iTunes as When well. you mm-hmm. post that stuff up there, there's a list of rules you must abide by, and I believe making violent threats is one of them. Mm-hmm. And lately, he's been making violent threats. Okay. You can't do that if you've already signed up for the rules. And I want to... He's also- been predicting it, so I think he purposely did this. Yeah. Well, he knew. I mean, I'm sure there's people that he works with who know other corporate members of different corporations like Facebook and YouTube. To me, it's to me, it's just the free market at work. Yeah. Well, I've read that all this news and all, all the publicity, his, uh, uh, his app, I think I think they said he had an app is more downloaded than ever. Exactly. He knows he's been, he's been, mm -hmm. he knows what he's doing. You filter it to your audience. And here's the thing. Now he looks like more of a like rebel. 
Exactly. And uh, this is something that I want to make a quick point about, too. We talked about a lot of facts that happened, things that happened that influenced Timothy McVeigh between the Turner Diaries, Ruby Ridge and Waco, and then the Brady Bill being passed by Clinton. Those things influenced him to do something. And my only worry about Alex Jones being pulled from YouTube and Facebook is that these loyalist InfoWars guys who are taking big dick pills or whatever he's selling, they're, they could become influenced. And that's something that I worry about whenever something like this happens is like, who is this going to influence? It's not journalists. Because this is what his threats have been against. The fake news. Yeah, that's true. Well, and, and we're already seeing violence against uh, reporters now in other countries. Very true. And that's it. He is right about one thing that he, in an off way, he's talking about how this is an attack on free speech as well. Mm, no, no one's attacked his free speech. He has every right. To, he, has, he has an app. Uh, you know what? You're right. That's free it. speech. It only covers the government affecting individuals. Outside of that, private private industries or well, now they're taking this. This isn't. They're not private industries because they're publicly owned. It's the same damn thing if you look it up. Mm, true. That's think, just another rabbit hole, though. Considering we could talk about lots of things with violence and media, mm-hmm. and that's still on those platforms. And I just wanted to, to to mention that, and we've never really dissed on Alex Jones. We've kind of made light of him and his character, but um, there is an episode of our show. I think it's episode forty nine where we cover Alex Jones. Sweet riff, bro. Um, <laughs> So anyway, hey, I, I just got called sexy in a text, so I'll take wow. it. Wow. Oh, baby. <laughs> mm-hmm. He is sexy. He's looking sexy today. Guys, look at this hair. I know. With Fantastic this, hair. With, with this, uh, was it a, a bandana? Yeah. To keep oh, the yeah. hair out of the eyes. He's fighting the war of conspiracies, well, and he's on the front line. He's got my tendonitis <laughs> brace really ramps up the sexy. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Larry's looking like a vet right yeah. now. <laughs> Hey, ladies. Yeah. My hand is braced. <laughs> <laughs> so it means I do housework. Before I get into this article oh. and, and we, we plow through our first segment here, I want to talk about a few things. And I'm, I've decided in this, I'm going to go off my own research in my mind. I'm not going to read a script. And I think a lot of times there's a script going on. But I want to I just talk about the aftermath. Now, when the bombing went off... That came out. A bomb of che- just went off just now. Chewie's butt just uh, filtered something straight into his master's butt. <laughs> <laughs> Chewie looks, looks awfully pleased about he it. Does. He sure does. Chewie, Chewie the dog looks very looks very content. Okay, already <laughs> right in my mouth. It means he loves you. Isolate that. Actually, also <laughs> weird side weird side tangent. I heard that when a dog sneezes, it's trying to tell its master that it's just playing. Yes, I've what? read that as well. Yeah, my it's, sister told me. Sneezing is not like a natural like dog communication. They only do it with people. Just like cats meow only at other people. Really? Mm-hmm. Hmm. They mimic the so sound So what of is children. it when they sneeze? It means that they're, they're playing. Tr- yeah, like they're trying to tell you that they're not going to attack you, basically. Oh, Chewie does that all... Or, Chewie, Lando does that all yeah, the time. He's just letting you know. I'm, oh. I'm just... <laughs> Now, when the bombing happened, I'm just playing at 9:02 a.m. for 1995, many witnesses saw two men running away. An olive-skinned individual 
We'll call John Doe number two. Which I always so he's either green or black. <laughs> <laughs> Not to be a racist, I want neither on my pizza. Oh, very. Oh, I agree, dude. Not I love all toppings except I've never tried anchovies, but I, I'm I'm a supreme pizza guy. I love toppings. Toppings. Toppings is what makes the pizza. I just got a Domino's Supreme. Not that great though. Mm, no, that's because it's, it's Domino's. It's, it's called pepperoni and cheese, and mm-hmm. then onions. Basically, it's, <laughs> everything just tasted like a favorite. Okay, you get two toppings. We'll make this okay. difficult. Two toppings on your pizza. What are you going with? Chicken and pineapple. Not hmm. bad. Regular pizza sauce? Yes, sir. Some people go with the barbecue. With I, the I put extra cheese on it, too. Okay. Sometimes bacon, but yeah, chicken, okay. and, pineapple. chicken and pineapple. Oh, man. I know. It's, it's okay to be just pepperoni and cheese. Sun-dried tomatoes and goat cheese. Oh! I'm, I'm with... I feel like me and April <laughs> are on the right page. Yeah. And Marty would, Marty would totally have said yes to that too i mean i'm not gonna sneeze at a pepperoni pizza like just like <laughs> yeah. a stuffed crust little burb uh pizza hut pizza because we know you're playing yeah because i'm playing when i sneeze um <laughs> but, <laughs> but yeah i i like the uh the the heightened experience of quality ingredients yeah, yeah. <laughs> what about you larry Sausage and on- red onions. Ooh, oh, yeah. I like that, too. See, the thing is, I'm really not that picky when it comes to mm-hmm. pizza. Um, my favorite I'm, is free. Yeah. <laughs> my favorite pizza, two, two toppings, is whatever's free. No, it's... Uh, I For me, I guess I would go... Hmm. Favorite pizza yeah, It could be Red I, Baron. I really loved what April said. Mm-hmm. Um, I've had a goat cheese pizza. It's amazing. It smells just like a goat. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, I love the taste of a goat. So, no, uh, I would have to say I'm not one of those weirdos who's like, oh, ham and pineapple, which is fine, <laughs> which is totally fine. Mm-hmm. But if I have I'm to- totally judging you for it, <laughs> I would say um, bacon and extra cheese. Oh, yeah. Ooh, the heart attack express. <laughs> exactly. Because nice. if I'm fucking around with pizza, I might as well fuck it right to my grave. So yeah. put as many nitrates on that pizza as you can, please. <laughs> yeah. Now, while we're on the subject of pizza, I just have to quick bring this up because uh-huh. it made us laugh. Um, it was a year ago, uh, either yesterday or the day before, that Erin um, had her 40th birthday party. Mm-hmm. And we all went. She was 30. Right. 30. And uh, I mentioned to Josh because he he showed me a picture that we had taken there, and he said, "When was this from?" And I was like, "Oh, that was from Aaron's birthday party, where everyone bought pizza except for Ryan, and he stole everyone else's." Uh (laughs) (laughs) True story. (laughs) And like, I didn't. I saw him keep like taking slices of other people's pizzas. (laughs) I'm like, does he? Does he not know? Single day, 2018. It's fine. He was newly single. He had no money. I was like, you know what? Charity pizza. Yep. I was all for it. <laughs> hey, man. Sorry. It wasn't the worst thing that happened there. <laughs> Very true. I had oh, a friend stole a bottle of wine. That's the night that Denny drove away and got a DUI. Denny got a what? DUI? What? Yeah. Can oh we talk gosh. about this? <laughs> or should yes, we bl- it's okay. fine. He's, is it? he's okay. out of the clear now. But man, like, It's like one dude I could never imagine. Getting I know. When he, when he told me, I was like, up is down, down is up. Cats and dogs <laughs> living together. This is a weird world. 
But wow. yeah, yeah, it was that Jeez. night. Actually, it was it was a mistake too because he drove. He stopped somewhere. He didn't. He he got turned around coming home. Yeah, there was a lot of construction in that area yeah. at the time. Yep. Yeah. So he ended up turning around, and then this cop was like, "He was like that light was pink, sir." <laughs> No, it wasn't. It was green. And Denny was like, brown. Oh, oh, man, that sucks. Yeah. What are Lando you? agrees. All right. So, what got Timothy McVeigh convicted of this crime? Well, when the bomb exploded, the rear axle blew off, shot like basically like a mile away. It was and, it was found like mm, a long ways away. And it smashed right into a car. Like and the guy that the guy that uh witnessed it, the guy that was driving the car, he actually was in the car with his family when he saw it and it was like an action movie. So it was like this is going to hit me, isn't it? <laughs> <laughs> but it was going at the speed of a steamroller from Austin Powers. <laughs> yeah. He's just looking at it like... Oh, no. Then it hit the windshield and went... <laughs> <laughs> like a bay. <laughs> yeah, exactly. His car exploded. He grabbed his kids no. and did a barrel roll away. It was amazing. <laughs> no, but I mean, like, literally, they're lucky to be alive because holy shit. But... The uh, a rear axle, I'm assuming, with the tires attached. Maybe I didn't Still see that. There's weight. no pictures mm-hmm. of it, but basically, that could have impaled somebody. They got the vehicle identification number from that axle. They were able to tie it to who rented mm-hmm. it. Now he didn't use. And a his French name. officer went Vin. <laughs> <laughs> but they were able to tie it to that, and then on top of that rear axle, this just blows my mind. McVeigh who bought this $300 automobile to use as a getaway car, forgot to put a license plate on. <laughs> Dude can make a bomb, but forgot to put a license plate on. You own a 7,000 pound bomb? I'm your guy. You want me to drive away in a car without a license plate? I guess I'm your guy as well. <laughs> it happened. He got pulled over and he got put in jail, but not just because he had no license plate because he was carrying a weapon on his person. And technically in Oklahoma, he wasn't allowed to have that. And he had, it was, it was all licensed, everything. So he was in jail. Now on top of him being caught for that. And now he, he was waiting and then, there was a basically a moment where the judge could have set him free, let him go. But then the FBI is racing around. They get the VIN number. They do this. They do that. There's another attachment to this whole sequence where basically he stayed at a hotel and used Terry Nichols' address, which just seems like, could you just use your imagination and say one, two, three Sesame street Avenue. Well, what's next? You ask me to remember to put a license plate on my car. So it all kind of falls apart so there. He rented this van under his own name? No. I'm confused here. No, actually, <laughs> you guys are going to like this. Mm. And I'm going from my memory. So if I fuck this up, I'm sorry. But this, this is going on the soundboard if you do. <laughs> his name that he used to rent the rider van or via, not truck. Um,. <laughs> It was like the first name was, I think it was Roger, and the last name was Kling. 
And Kling was in reference to Klingon because he was a huge oh, Next no. Generation fan, Star Trek fan. Ugh. Like he even wrote a he wrote about how much he loved Captain Picard and Data and all the characters of Star Trek. <laughs> I mean, come on, he loved Star Wars. He loved Star Trek. What's not to love? There's just this big boo boo called Oklahoma City that kind of fucks everything up. <laughs> Which is funny because. Uh, Michael Fortier actually said to the judge, he's like, you know, honestly, other than the bombing, he was a really nice guy. Oh, other than <laughs> and it's like, he's hey, a nice guy. Hey, we're all here to pr- prosecute him for killing 168 people. We're not just going to be like, all right, you know what? We're going to pretend like that didn't happen. He's a really nice guy. So it, like, let's, let's just, yeah, let's give him a, a hall pass on that one. Don't yeah. we all sometimes make mistakes? Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> There's always that one guy who's kind of a just, dick until you get to know him. I was just taking the trash out. <laughs> God damn it. I don't understand how things run in ta- Kansas. I must have Texas. Sorry. Oh, well, it was, yeah, that's right. it was part of Kansas too, wasn't it? Yeah, well, that's he actually lived there for a little bit. That was where Nichols farm was. Okay. Cause they moved from Michigan to Kansas. He actually moves around a lot. And that's part of the story. That's just crazy to me is like, it just spans every state for the most part. Like they just drive everywhere. And I think a lot of it is that the gun show circuit, Mm -hmm. like he was very prolific in those. And, um, we're going to start to dive into it. Now there's a, there's a site called famous trials.com, which kind of breaks down, um, just different, uh, crimes and things that have happened. And, they have a great resource about the connections between different conspirators with OKC that I think is worth us going over because I really do. And I don't want to go too early because I know we got a verdict coming up, but I really do think there's a connection between Elohim city and McVeigh. So at famous trials.com written, this article is written by professor Douglas O'Linder And he says, Elohim City, quote, the city of God, is a 400-acre compound located in isolated and rugged hill country of the Oklahoma-Arkansas border. Now, we did bring this up, but I think a lot of it was that I brought it up mostly to kind of get people Googling stuff. I know this, this, uh, this Monday was our most downloaded Monday ever for an episode that came out, and I was sad because of a breakup so i i didn't want to say anything because i was ryan's heart pretty much so i didn't say anything but i want people to look into this because i think this is easily one of the most fascinating stories that we've been able to retell on our show now um the compound was founded by white supremacists Robert Millar as a Christian identity settlement in 73. The compound, which had at times over a hundred residents has been considered to be a hotbed of anti-government and criminal activities. Phone record shows that uh, phone record showing calls made by Timothy McVeigh from the Imperial motel in Kingman, Arizona on April 5th, 1995, which would be about two weeks before the Oklahoma city bombing. Um, the first call is to the rider truck rental company. And the second, just two minutes later is is call is a call placed to Elohim city compound in Muldrow, Oklahoma. The call was an unsuccessful attempt to reach the man 
named Andreas Strassmeyer. Now, this guy, I I didn't bring him up in the first episode, but he is a German who moved, basically, I mean, he is as German as German get, like old school German, like Nazi propaganda German. He also had a tendency to make little toy miniatures. Like he liked to make little planes and like, uh, and tanks. Ooh, and I make Nazi Adolf Hitler toy. Ooh. <laughs> That's new school German. Old school German would have cut your throat out yeah, and built, no. the, built the toy out of that. He came over to do a like civil war reproduction. Like they were going to do a live uh, reenactment. And he was like, I use real guns. Ooh. <laughs> Josh, we're finding out you can also do a German accent pretty well. It's just a whole lot of ooh. Yeah, that's fine. That's kind of the, it's it I I keep seeing the super troopers guy in my head. So now McVeigh's authorized biography says about oh, the Elohim City connection. McVeigh admitted calling Elohim City for Andreas, Andy the German, Strassmeyer on 4595. He says the purpose of the call was to ask Strassmeyer who he met at a Tulsa gun show in 94, whether he could use Elohim City as a hideout after the bombing. McVeigh admitted discussing political issues with Strassmeyer, the grandson of a founder of the Nazi party, but claimed that Strassmeyer had nothing to do with the bombing itself. A polygraph test taken by McVeigh, however, showed that while he was truthful in discussing his own role in the bombing, he showed signs of evasion. I think Strassmeyer had something to do with it. In fact, one of the times that McVeigh, and according to one of the witnesses at Oklahoma City in the Murrow, Bu- Murrow building, remembers meeting McVeigh who went to the daycare to scout the, yeah, they went there to scout the building out and him and Michael Fortier were there. And according to witnesses, there was a German accented individual who had large teeth like a horse, I guess. Okay. No problem with people with big teeth. We love you all. But I'm just saying, he asked, he just kept saying, there's so much glass. When he talked about it, he, the lady said, the lady said that he talked about the fact that he had two kids and he was moving into the area. So he was looking around at the time. And it's just, it's just crazy to me that, to know that, like, he considered those kids, those 19 kids that died as a, just basically collateral damage which is fucked i mean come on mcveigh and yet he got what he wanted everybody knows timothy mcveigh's name and he said that to a stripper which i'll bring up as we go along soon enough so now atf informant carl house testimony concerning mcveigh's presence at elohim city question now are you familiar with what timothy mcveigh looks like yes have you seen photographs of Timothy McVeigh? Yes. Did you ever see Timothy McVeigh at the Elohim compound? I believe I did. Now, this is um, Carol Howe. She was a informant, like I said. She was uh, kind of betting one of the one of the individuals there, which I could play some audio of this guy, but it's embarrassing. Mm-hmm. The guy's he's got a lisp, and I just I don't want to make fun of him. Well, he I should do. Be, I sh- he should. We should make fun <laughs> of him. But anyway, we'll get to that later. 
where did you fuck a dad? Where, where did you see him? He was at a section of the compound walking across a lawn near the church building. Was he accompanied by any other individuals who you know? Yes, he was. Question. And who are they? A man named Peter Ward and a man named Andreas Strassmeyer. Question. About how far away were you when you believe you saw Timothy McVeigh? Approximately 70 feet. At the time when you saw him, did you know his name was Timothy McVeigh? No, sir. You subsequently came to learn his name was Timothy McVeigh. Correct. Now, did you occasion to... Did you know uh, Mr. Mahan strike that? Did Mr... I don't need to read this verbatim. Did Mr. Mahan have an appointment in Tulsa, Oklahoma during this time period? A house, yes. A house. And did you have occasion to spend time there during the time period we're talking about, fall of 94? Yes, sir. Did Mr. Mahan, in your recollection, did he ever receive any phone calls while you were in the house with him? Yes, sir. Do you recall Mr. Mahan's ever saying or mentioning the name Tim Tuttle? Objection. And that's court stuff. So, um, what two fellow inmates on death row says, say McVeigh revealed to them. So after receiving a tour of the Elohim city compound in 10, 12, 93, McVeigh and Nichols had a meeting with Andreas Strassmeyer. Now Strassmeyer was actually in Elohim city, supposedly training people for like the next big, like thing like they they assume the they really assume that Turner Diaries thought process they thought the they thought the government was going to come take their guns take their liberties and it was all going to be about mixed culture and the advancement of the zog or the zionist jew run government basically now within months mcveigh had joined two of the men he met at Elohim City in robbing banks. McVeigh served as the getaway driver around the Midwest. <laughs> in April of 94, in a meeting with Strassmeyer and white Aryan or ARA resistance leader Dennis Mahan, McVeigh first discussed blowing up the Murrah building in Oklahoma City. In September of 94, McVeigh attended a series of planning meetings in Elohim City. In early 95, McVeigh and members of the Aryan resistance from Elohim City were conducting practice runs of the bombing. Michael Brisea was chosen to accompany McVeigh on his bombing run. And we'll get to him. In fact, we got a middle clip for him. So, Brisea and other ARA members assisted McVeigh in loading explosives into the rider truck and mixing them. Brisea rode into Oklahoma City in the rider truck with McVeigh on 4-1995, exiting at a stoplight in Northwest 5th Street in Harvey. McVeigh then parked the truck in front of the Murrah building in a handicapped spot, waved by a transgender individual, and quickly walked in the direction of his getaway car. I added the transgender individual that was from last episode, but we could also talk about the Aryan Nation dudes for another... Uh, I mean, white nationalist guys... There's been people in the FBI that have been trying so hard to kind of get to the root of this organization. And every time, like, I watched a Michigan militia video, and I, the problem is, is you, you kind of get where they're coming from. Mm-hmm. And this is the conservative part of me who's like, yeah, I mean, if, if things did get that shitty and the government ran over this country and started trying to take our guns, taking away our rights, the uh these guys have i guess they have the right idea i mean form a militia you know 
if if things got bad like i mean there's enough third world countries in this world for us to for us to know that when things go south like that mm-hmm. and the government tries to take control it's a bad thing mm-hmm. the michigan militia siren goes off <laughs> well gather everybody got their $5 box <laughs> so there was a AP report said about McVeigh's connection to Elohim City and white supremacists. AP writer John Solomon's investigation led him to conclude that the white supremacists from Elohim City played a major role in the bombing conspiracy. Solomon noted, for example, an FBI teletype showed that on April 16, 1995, two Elohim City gang members left the compound for a location in Kansas close to where McVeigh was doing the final assembly of the bomb. Solomon also reported that two Elohim City gang members, Kevin Langan and Mark Thomas, told federal agents that they could provide information linking McVeigh to the Aryan resistance. Even more compelling evidence Solomon reported came from informant John Schultz, who told agents in 97 that he was sure beyond a shadow of a doubt he saw McVeigh at Elohim City in 94 at a meeting and a mysterious delivery and use of a rider truck. Okay. Let's get into John Doe number two. This individual, I mean, this this whole thing is pretty creepy to me. Um, now, witnesses describe John Doe number two as being a handsome, muscular man with an olive complexion. Dana Bradley told investigators that she saw John Doe number two drive the rider truck to the Murrah building, get out, do something, relight the bomb maybe, in the back of the truck, then flee. Several people, including McVeigh, according to two men who shared death row with him, have suggested that ARA member Brisea was John Doe number two. Brisea, in a 1997 plea bargain made the day after the government announced John Doe number two never existed, hmm. admitted to robbing one bank and served four years in prison. Other people who claim knowledge of events, perhaps more credible, insist that Brisea is not John Doe number two and that the real John Doe number two is a man he met in Kingsman, Arizona, named Joey Leon. Now, these are select FBI reports concerning John Number Two and John Doe Number Two and others. Andreas Strassmeyer on three nineteen ninety four claimed to have met McVeigh this month at a gun show in Tulsa, which that gives it about a about a year of them knowing each other. Nine twelve to 1394, McVeigh rented a room at El Siesta Motel near Elohim City. For 1495, I guess at the Dreamland Motel in Junction City, saw a man who resembled John Doe number two near McVeigh's room. For 1595, a man delivering pizza to McVeigh's room at the Dreamland Motel said he gave the pizza to a man who was neither McVeigh or John number John Doe number two. Mm-hmm. They like pizza, like us. Yep. Who this doesn't? Is, this is like the terrorist version of they're just like us in people. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> Bad People magazine. <laughs> Bad People magazine. They order pizza. Guess who shouldn't be wearing a two piece this summer? <laughs> Charles Manson. <laughs> Four sixteen ninety five. According to two Dreamline guests, at one a.m., a man stuck his head out of the room running to McVeigh. The man resembled John o- John Doe number two. For 1795, a white supremacist member, member in Utah places the first of a series of phone calls over the next two days to Oklahoma City Radisson Inn. 
A guest at the Dreamland sees the driver, who is not McVeigh, of a rider truck, get out of the truck and walk into the motel office. So there's just a lot of witnesses who mm-hmm. see another guy. And, you know, as we know, the story goes, McVeigh got prosecuted for it. Terry Nichols is in maximum security prison. Mm-hmm. He gets an hour to walk around in circles and play with his boogers and then go back to like <laughs> going like in a cell <laughs> for another 23 hours. 48 got like 10 years, I think, actually. They all did. Ben 48, I mean, rightfully so. He was there to case the Merrill built Merrill mm-hmm. building, like with him and you know, even though he showed up with soup cans to show him and his wife, like, this is how I'm going to do it. Chicken and stars. Yeah, chicken and stars, man. Barley. <laughs> barley. <laughs> Just throwing that out. Just there. sounds like the manliest soup either. This is a barley soup. Barley soup. I just always like the chunky, hungry man, like mm-hmm. commercials for those soup. Favorite soup? Mine's clam chowder. Uh, I, I fucking love a good New England clam chowder. Yes. Can't be that Manhattan bullshit. Nope. 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 I also like clams. Yeah. The wetter, the better. Sure you do. I like soft clams, too. I would... (laughs) I'm going to go with a... Get down on it. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Thick broccoli cheddar soup. You're like my daughter. It's a good soup. Oh, boy. Especially served in a bread bowl. Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because then the soup just soaks into the bread, and then you're out of soup. So good about it, but then you're out of soup. But yeah, but like the soggy, soupy bread. Mm. Get down on it. Did you know that Panera is coming out with double bread bowls, where it's like a full loaf of bread that now they're cutting two holes into. One side is for your soup, and one side is for your pasta. Do they give you a saw to cut off your foot? <laughs> God. Sodium overload. Right. Okay. What about you, April? Um, boy, I would have to go with a good like chicken tortilla soup. Mm. It's not. Oh, that's really good. Mm-hmm. April makes a dope white chili. I do make a really good white chicken chili. I, I do do as well. I think I we're gonna have to have a white chicken, chicken chili, chili off. off. I'll yeah, be the judge. and we'll be the judges, me and Josh <laughs> <laughs> and Land Lando. Why not? Sure, Lando likes me. Okay, so. You know what we like on pizza, and you know our favorite <laughs> soups. Uh, rate us five stars. Yep. <laughs> That's five chicken and stars. Wait, wait. Favorite little Debbie? Ooh, Swiss ze- cake roll. Zebra cake. That was easy. You already know. Oh, man, well, pie. The, the, well, how, how would people, we know? How would the like, listeners know? I, I was looking at, well, April's looking at me and looked like, right. yeah, oatmeal cream pie oatmeal all cream day. All day. Do you do and the it, double decker? Do I want to saw a foot off? Yes. Yes. Yes, yes I do. It's that. <laughs> I get it at every time. It's, Aaron gets the double yeah, as well. Yeah. Well, oh, and give now, me all that cream filling. I, I had a box of. I used to that. Right. I had a box of oatmeal cream pies. <laughs> and both of us, I think, only got like three out of the whole box what? because between the two boys, yeah. like Josh would open one up and then Garrett sort of like meandered in here and was like, well, dude. And then I'd open eating? another one. Then Asher would run in and just start whining. So I'd have to give it to him. Yeah. And then I'd find. Finally, open a third one. And I go out, and April's looking at me funny. I get sad because now I, you know, I'll be going through the convenience store and I'll look at that stuff, and I'm, I, I know that I'm now I'm in my forties. I just go, I miss you guys. <laughs> I can't do you guys anymore. Yeah. I, I do too. That. I look at, I look at those, <laughs> I look at those, and I get really sad because it's like I don't, it, I love that taste, but it is diabetes mm-hmm. in a small yeah. ninety nine cent wrap. Delicious. 
99 Sun <laughs> rapper. <laughs> no, your heart will not go on, Celine. You eat too many of those double-decker oatmeal cream pies, and your heart will definitely uh, stop. No one warned me about that part of growing up. No, that would have don't. to give up taste. <laughs> the the fact of the matter is, they're good on occasion. Yeah, if you everything in what, not, moderation, everything moderation, moderation. Yeah, no. If you're if you're smart about it, it's it's fine. But guys, I think it's about time for us to take a break. I got one little bit of info, and then it's time for all the segments you know and love. Now, this clip we're about to play is from Bill Cooper who talks about meeting and discussing John Doe number two for reals. Now, how stupid can you be to believe that Timothy McVeigh was the mastermind of the destruction of the Alfred P. Mura Federal Building in Oklahoma City, and just he and Terry Nichols, who appears to be somewhat of a fool, plotted, planned, obtained all the different materials, put together a bomb of such force that it brought down what we call in the military a hard target, a target held up by steel, reinforced, concrete, columns, and he had no help. No help. And that there really was no person called John Doe number two, that that was all a mistake and the drawings and the pictures they put out were, were not, uh, were not real people and they're, you know, that was all a mistake. Well, I know that's a lie because, uh, Michael Brescia, who is John Doe number two, the spitting image of the drawings that they put out, wearing the exact same cap that was worn by the man in the drawings that they put out, with the same tattoo on his left arm, stood in front of me for 10 minutes and talked to me in the company of Timothy McVeigh. And Tim McVeigh was not the leader. Tim McVeigh probably didn't say more than 25 or 30 words during the entire time. Michael Brescia did all of the talking. And the last thing he said before they left, in their green Mercury Marti station wagon with a puke yellow interior, was watch Oklahoma City. If anyone was in charge, at least on that day, it was Michael Brescia. John Doe number two, not ever Timothy McVeigh. That's when the freaks come out, no doubt. And in the dark hours is when I was showered with the knowledge of my trade to get paid. Still I make moves like a snake in the grass, roundabout. I'll be digging it down while you be asked out. Puff mad L's will never passed out. And if I'm caught up in the jam, I'll blast my way out. There'll be no letting up, just straight shutting up, or we'll start to wetting up. Lyrical infrared set to never miss you. Big Shook, Google, Freddy Fox, the militia, militia. Everybody's spitting it, the rhyme is hot. Cause it's Big Shook, Guru, and Freddy the Fox. When Premier bring the beats, no, it just don't stop. It's the militia. Everybody's spitting it, the rhyme is hot. Cause it's Big Shook, Guru, and Freddy the Fox. When Premier bring the beats, no, it just don't stop. It's the militia. Second segment time. Time to dive in a bit more before we go into the segments you know and love. 
So I mentioned a stripper. And my go my, on. My ears shot up like a doggo. We got a bunch of doggos in here. Ryan stage six, Ryan stage six. Ooh, here I come, girls. In That's right. Pants. Oh, yeah. If, <laughs> if there was a stripper song for me and I was a male stripper, mm-hmm. this would totally be my song. Ooh, Larry, what would you strip to? Um, you have to go. I think there's certain songs that every person should dance to. I think it's She's My Cherry Pie. That's a good Going stripper with Warren. Song. Okay. Yeah. What about you, Warren? I've always said that, hypothetically speaking, if I were to ever be a stripper, not that I ever would be, I'm not. I'm not the stripper type. Um, I would dance to "Closer" by Nine Inch Nails. Ooh, that's a good one. That's okay. a sexy song. It is very. I'm gonna go with "Highway to the Danger Zone" by Kenny Loggins. <laughs> <laughs> we might- that might end up being like a Patreon thing we do down the road. <laughs> Ain't nobody want to see that. That we're going to send to our significant put, others. Put me in a, <laughs> we're going to put me in a G-string. It's going to look like a water balloon with a rubber band wrapped around it. <laughs> <laughs> That's why we do the shows, so I can hear Larry say stuff like that. So, now. Lady Godiva's. According to published reports, a security camera in the dressing room of Lady Godiva's, a strip club in Tulsa, captured an interesting scene on April 8th, 1995. The tape has also appeared on Canadian television and has been reviewed by the FBI. On the tape, a man who witnesses at the club say was McVeigh is heard saying to a dancer, quote, I'm a very smart man. And on April 19th, 1995, You'll remember me for the rest of your life. I'm a smart man, Jenny. The dancer laughs and says, quote, oh, really? The man replies, yes, you will. The dancer walks out of the dressing room and says to other dancers, weirdo. Cinnamon to the stage. Cinnamon, cinnamon to the stage. Seven, cinnamon stage seven. She was his cherry pie that night. Witnesses at the club, after looking at photos, say they saw McVeigh along with Andreas Strassmeyer and another man, possibly John Doe number two, sitting together at a table. Full interesting fact. Another good stripper song right here. Oh, for sure. I just took off my sandals for you guys. <laughs> mm-hmm. Sexy. Mm. I show you my ankles. <laughs> They're swollen. <laughs> oh. Ah! <laughs> You gotta stop kickboxing people, man. Uh, too many oatmeal cream pies. <laughs> One last fact before we get to our next segment. You guys want to get down on some crazy shit right now? I mean, of course. That, that's what we're here for. As long as Larry plays some hardcore rap to get down to. It's like when people told me that Abraham Lincoln was gay. Now, mm-hmm. I think everybody says, like, hmm. Favorite American of all time, obviously, Abraham, Abraham Lincoln. I can't think of many others that people people love him. Mm-hmm. And he's got, you know, his story is great. And we covered his episode, the uh, Lincoln assassination. I don't remember the number, but if you go back in our episodes, You'll check it out. It. That was now, first season? Or was that second season? I don't it remember. It might be second season. I'm not sure. 
I don't even remember doing that episode. <laughs> I know I anything before best of one, best of one episode two is season one, so everything after that is but well who cares? Anyway, so I care. Supposedly McVeigh met with a man on the highway. To the danger zone? Oh yeah. <laughs> It's just this a guy. green sign that says "danger zone" with an arrow pointing. So <laughs> exit seventy three. Yep. Now this is this this could be all hearsay, and there's a lot of like false witnesses, and I, this I can't corroborate. I can't corroborate the evidence of this. I love that word, but the truth is, supposedly he met with a fella and pulled his dick out. Corroborate. Whoa, 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 whoa! And the guy said, "He said, do you want a party?' Which is, I guess, gay, ling- gay lingo for let's get it on." You can also rest your penis on my tongue. I think that's what he was thinking. <laughs> but the guy in the car, whose name was like Ronald Rogers, was like the most alliteration fused <laughs> name. He looked at him and he was like, "I'm not paying for this." Like basically, he just was like. I don't know if it was just the night or maybe the thing, but they actually ran into each other again. And this time, well, <laughs> McVeigh supposedly had the best mouth and throat action he'd ever experienced. Hey, that's cool. Hmm. Good for you. Is there like an exploding ketchup packet in there? I thought I heard it for. Yeah, that. <laughs> So I'm not too concerned whether or not dude was gay, but I just thought that was an interesting little side tangent. Well, and you know, Timothy McVeigh's he's a good guy. He's a good guy. Yeah. He just noodle McVeigh. It's fine. He's a skinny white dude. I'm imagine he's packing heat. So if he throws out a boner, that guy probably was like, Oh my God. <laughs> I've always wondered what that would taste like. <laughs> Come here, vanilla popsicle. Vanilla popsicle. Yeah, man. Come on. <laughs> oh, keep going, Timothy. <laughs> oh my god. So the two guys got it on. Rogers was like super satisfied. And god. the next morning he made him bacon and eggs, and then he never saw him again. <laughs> That's wait, 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 just yeah. bacon and eggs, no hash browns. No, no just bacon. And of eggs. course, oh. Josh is going to be like, wait a minute. <laughs> he flips the plate over. That is where's perfect. my hash browns? Bacon and eggs is perfect. Oh. You know what goes better with blowjobs than bacon and eggs, though? I hear pancakes are. It, nice. It's pancakes. <laughs> pancakes and blowjobs, ladies and gentlemen. <sighs> Serve your lover right. Also. <laughs> this is the best footnote to this. The only time they ever saw each other again was occasionally, and it was like a weird scenario where they were at the grocery store. Hey. <laughs> hey. Yeah, hey. <laughs> so you're holding a zucchini so how's there. It going? Yeah, zucchini. <laughs> <laughs> hey, um, I'm going to bomb people. Got a, got a lot of soup here. I got to show, got to do a little mini display soon. Be right back. I got to hit the freezer for some vanilla popsicles. You know, you know what I hate is when you're in a grocery store and you see somebody that you haven't seen maybe in a little while. And like, hey, what are you doing here? The fuck you think I'm doing? Buying a fucking horse? 
Yeah, I'm obviously. here for some eggs. No, Condoms. What's, what's even worse is when you run into someone you know at the grocery store and you have your little like awkward three minute conversation mm-hmm. with them, but then keep running into them up and down the aisles yeah. like they're following you or like oh oh and then you, you, you gotta go with like, the small thing like uh, spices huh yeah. oh yeah, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Did you go with the nutmeg oh, good, oh, good choice good spice choice. up okay. your life cheese huh mm-hmm. yeah well, we, we all need oh, cheese yep mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. it's two for three oh uh, <laughs> oh so you got your gogurt huh mm-hmm. I love gogurt it's kind of like the gogurt you shot down my throat when we were in the back of that truck and <laughs> so, I'm just saying McVeigh meeting is like gay lover it's like I'm a casual homosexual just like my uh, I don't know Star Wars I can't think of anybody that Whoa. he would reference he just has that casual homicidal tendencies mm-hmm. to go with his casual homosexuality hey, but he's a good guy of course yeah no I, I I'm not gonna cite him for that because that's different but I just think it's interesting that you know you have this very patriotic vision of this like alt-right white nationalist guy who's influenced so much by the Turner diaries. And it's just funny for me to think that like, Oh yeah, by the way, he also sucking dick on the side. Maybe suck a dick up till he hiccup. Maybe not. (laughs) (laughs) Never been there before. Don't plan to do that. I like clams. So anyways, before we get gross, it's time for a segment we all know and love. It's time for us to get our pop culture. It's time for the pop culture minute, minute Josh. Sonic Boom! So, guys, Ryan lied to you. I did? Yes, you did, sir. Because, well, it was a half lie. I'll give you that. Ryan said in the first episode that there have been... Let's throw the host under the bus. Oh, I will. (laughs) I don't care. He's talking about vanilla popsicles. Come on. Uh, So, he said that there was no movie about this, but in fact, there actually is one in pre-production right now. Well, then there isn't one. Well, it exists. (laughs) Well, it doesn't if it's not out. Well, pre-production means they haven't even started it. Well, they have their idea. They have actors. And you know what? I'm going to tell you guys about it right now. Thank you. The movie will be called Beauty for Ashes. Interesting it is, title. Mm-hmm. Is it supposed to be about McVeigh? Like, I guarantee you that one changes by the time they release yep. it. No. Now, the film is actually... I, I mean, I imagine at some point they're going to show the bombing like towards the beginning. I don't know. Because there, there is no synopsis. But the film is going to focus on a very popular picture about the event, and that is Captain Chris Fields, the gentleman, I believe he's a firefighter, carrying a deceased one-year-old child named Bailey Allman away from the building's rubble. That doesn't make sense to me. Why would you... It won, this, I believe, National Geographic's picture of yeah, the year or okay, something. Yeah, okay, cool. I remember the African booby nipples hanging in the neck, shooting to the sky like a giraffe. But come on. <laughs> let's, let's, be, let's be real. This story has so many layers to it. And like I said in the first episode, I, we only covered like a tenth of all the ins and outs. I mean, McVeigh has connections to so many people. I mean, literally, we could have done like a ten-part series about his connections to to just different white nationalists and his, his when he robbed the the one guy 
and took all of it just it's so it's so multi-layered it's just fascinating to me but it, a lot of it is that kind of new idea where it's like well a catastrophe happened but we're not going to focus on the person who did it we're going to focus on the victims mm-hmm. which i understand well timothy mcveigh will be in the movie the, an actor be. i should say of course uh because you know kind of hard to be when you, you're dead but now it's not going to be just about him uh it's gonna the mother of the child is going to be in the film as well as the last surviving uh person found in the rubble her name was dana bradley uh it's gonna focus on their that story now i don't really know a lot of these actors none of them jumped to mind ex- well and maybe That's maybe fine. you guys know some of them but at the, the very least i figure um timothy mcveigh is gonna be played by a guy named jeffrey griffin i don't know if anybody knows who that is griffin door peter griffin's brother <laughs> <laughs> That sounds great. I mean, uh, I would love to see a movie about it. Uh, I do recommend The Secret Life of Timothy McVeigh, which is a documentary that I watched for this. It's uh, the one that really posits the whole theory with the letter that he wrote to his sister, basically about him being part of the CIA. Right. The film was written by radio personality, and she's also going to direct it, Priscilla Smith. (laughs) Very cool. And that's been your pop culture. So, of course, we always have to turn to the intranets when it comes to getting our own real bona fide answers with those Yahoo answers. Yahoo! I seriously always love the music in this segment. It just reminds Jelly? me. It just reminds me of April at Meyer. Like I'll take this. That's, yep, <laughs> that's me for sure. Uh, well, today on Yahoo Answers, we're going to ask the question: Why did the Oklahoma City bombing happen? Oh boy! This user asked: I'm doing a project for school, and I can't seem to find out why the Oklahoma City bombing happened. I know what happened, who did it, when it happened, and where it happened, but I don't know why. Could someone please enlighten me? <laughs> They were doing laundry. Right. <laughs> uh, voted best answer from Big Brody wrote, since it was done by white supremacists, it is not considered a terrorist incident, more of a temper tantrum. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> temper tantrum. <laughs> I don't like the way the government acts. I'm going to... I'm gonna hold my breath. I'm gonna, uh, I'm gonna pound the back of my head into the. I'll hold my breath floor. for two minutes, and if I die, it's your fault, government. Better get my wheel, make sure my hat wheels around. Uh, an anonymous user wrote, "Timmy was insane and had insane ideas." Fair enough. Uh, another anonymous user wrote, "The guy was an anti-government art anarchist and a total nut job." The guy who answered, he was. A white supremacist is making stuff up. He killed mostly all white people, if not all white people, and most of them Republicans and their children. The guy was uh, an atheist who was angry at the government and went bonkers. Mm-mm. Right? Um, he wasn't an atheist. Yeah. Um, Expecting facts on Yahoo answers. Uh, yeah, right? No, uh, I, you're right. 
Uh, John D. wrote, Timothy McVeigh had a major grudge against the federal government. The building that was bombed housed one more, one or more federal agencies. Google his name and you can learn more about his motives. I believe he was particularly angry about Waco, the Branch Davidians getting burned out dur- during a conflict about illegal weapons in Ruby Ridge, another conflict Ill- involving illegal weapons. I would just love, love to see Timothy McVeigh's face listening to the audio of those guys saying like, oh, David said we got to burn this down. We got to burn it down, right? Okay, we're going to burn it down, right? Okay, we're going to burn it down. And that's like, what do you say to that, Tim? He burned this place down. That was a tank. When a tank rolls into a building, fire doesn't just shoot out of the top of it. Right. It crushes a wall. They sent, they sent CS gas in. I get that. But this is this is what blows my mind about conspiracy theorists. They're just like, but you can see the fire shooting out from the side of the wheel well. It's like, what are you looking at? Mm-hmm. You're looking at like 1020p fucking visuals on a, a VHS. Mm. You can't tell what's actually going on. Mm. 1020 but, is almost high definition. No, I'm saying, or, I'm saying, or, you're, you're 240. Right. Yes. Yes. Two forty. <laughs> My bad. Thank you, Larry. The uh, electronic nope. loving giant guys. CRTVs. <laughs> I'm just saying, you cannot tell from that. Sorry, April. Oh, no problem. Uh, user Big One O Nine O Nine wrote: McVeigh and his compadre forgot his name. We're kind of like modern day 9/11 truthers or Bush derangement syndrome victims, but to the extreme. They hated their government so much that they thought an atrocious act of violence would send the appropriate message. Uh, now, my favorite answer to this one is from user Rap, who wrote, <laughs> brace yourselves, I exchange into at artwork and that I heard approximately <laughs> it on the radio in basic terms a couple of minutes after it befell. <laughs> I, I undergo in techniques that they're exchanged right into a brilliant form of bewilderment on the start over precisely what had purely befell. What the fuck? <laughs> The the main smart clarification exchange into that it exchanged right into a organic gas explosion. No person thought that it might desire to have actual been a bomb, while it exchanged into obvious that it incredibly exchanged right into a bomb. Everyone as- assumed it exchanged into an Arab. I Wait, un- what? <laughs> I undergo in techniques questioning that their exchange into no reason to be finding for the guy by way of fact he truthfully exchanged into blown up interior the blast finding returned on it now that's <laughs> impressive how incorrect we've been very true very true couldn't have said it any better now we're talking about bombs so i had to answer uh one more or ask one more question on yahoo answers for you guys um this user wrote is it true that jaeger bombs can be deadly <laughs> Yes, I've been there before. I I heard that the mixture of Jägermeister and Red Bull can do something to your heart. Mm-hmm. Uh, I've Speed seen it up. <laughs> um, user NT wrote, it is not so much the Jäger, but it is the Red Bull. Red Bull is very, very unhealthy. There is nothing good about Red Bull. Nothing. What Red Bull does is make your heart pump faster to get the blood in circulation, which gets more blood which gets the body more energetic, but it is not good for your heart at all. You may not see any effects now, but in the long run, it will hurt you. Wah, wah. That's sad. Yeah. So, hey, lay off the Jaeger bombs, guys. Aww. Take your Jaeger without Red Bull. Right. Mm-hmm. Tastes like black licorice. <laughs> 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 and that's been your Yahoo yep. answers. 
We learned a lot from the internet, folks. We learned a lot from me, hopefully. I guess I've kind of spelled it out a bit. But now it's time for a verdict. In one corner! Four podcasters you trust with two doggos today. In the other corner, Timothy McVeigh. And he's got his finger on his lip and he's like, Oh, did I do that? But also... There's a bunch of people with cloaks and 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 you can't make out their faces. They might be ARA members. They could be could Hello be a German King. dude. Could be a German dude. Strassmeyer. I get you. I love it. Oh. <laughs> so. Oh. Did he act alone or was it a posse? Of pussies, dark, dark web individuals. Joshua, you know I'm going to go to you first. Go ahead. What I want to say is, obviously, he worked with other people. This is way too big of an operation to do by himself. And the analogy that he thought he was Luke Skywalker blowing up the Empire is entirely false. In actuality, he was more like Anakin Skywalker going to the dark side to kill all the children and the Jedi. The and the, yeah. So, you know, it's... it's The whole thing is depressing. <laughs> um... I I do not like uh, Timothy McVeigh because and it's I mean I know it's all the adults as well but it it does a big thing for me when it when it involves kids so yeah you piece of shit you can rot in hell indeed April um yeah I I would have to agree with Josh I think um just for the sole fact that like I get he was trying to make a statement and um obviously I disagree very very much with how he went about it I mean I can kind of understand where he was coming from if that makes any kind of sense I mean I you understand it but you don't condone it exactly yep um and yeah like Josh had said I any kind of mass homicide like that is absolutely just just the worst and and that they were kids involved is yeah burning hell Lawrence yeah I think there's too many um too many people too many witnesses I guess of this John Doe number two this yeah. guy with the green olives on his pizza <laughs> <laughs> disgusting human being to and I think Timothy McVeigh and Terry Nichols would be the type of people who would just take that secret to the grave with them mm-hmm. because oh, yeah. fuck the government right. Terry Nichols favorite thing to call people was sheeple oh so original well, in 93 God. or 94. All right, more like 2017, 2018. Yeah, right. yeah. I, I'm just going to too many signs point to John Doe number two being for real. I'm going to go with mm-hmm. it was a mass collusion event. I think they all there there were people involved who were going to take it to the grave. By the way, Andreas Strassmeyer mm-hmm. went back to Germany before he could be convicted. He escaped conviction, but now... Timothy McVeigh did die in June of 2001. He was lethally injected, and Terry Nichols is still picking his boogers one hour a day. <laughs> and that's it. That's what you get. You're yep. a fucking fuck yep. up. And that's for real. You guys think you did a great thing, but you didn't. That was not smart. You killed a lot of people. Look, here's the deal. 
you blew up a building at 9.02 a.m. How many of those federal employees show up way later in the day? I know a few. Yeah, me included. <laughs> show up a little bit late to work, yep. Yep. It's kind of um, like if the same thing happened with um, 9-11. Yes, indeed. The timing was the early best case scenario for a bad... Yeah. Unless it slammed at like midnight. I'm just saying, guys... This this whole this whole shit show was a shit show to begin with. Hopefully, they realized that he before. Did, did it on a ho- like a federal holiday Monday. <laughs> no one's there. <laughs> I blew up a bunch of janitors. <laughs> I don't get yeah, Columbus Day should have been perfect. <laughs> anyway, your verdict is he obviously worked with a lot of people. Yeah. It wasn't a lone gun show, and that has been it folks it is time for us to get quizzical All right, lady and jerk-offs. Let's lighten the mood a little bit. Okay. I know, I'm down. Right? Who is this a quiz about lights? This is a quiz about dead children. <laughs> <laughs> Just kidding. It is a quiz about 90s pop culture. Oh, boy. Oh. All right. I'm all in. My chips are on the table. Let's do it. We're going to have to fight Ryan, I think. Question. No fighting, folks. Number one. Mm. We're going deep first. See where, where your knowledge is. Tonka, a toy company known for building trucks, created which doll during the 90s? A, cupcake dolls, B, Polly Pocket, C, Care Bears, or D, Cabbage Patch doll? Josh. April. April. Polly Pocket. Damn it. That is incorrect. Cabbage Patch Kids. Is incorrect. Cabbage Patch Kids came out in the 80s. What's wrong with you? You know what? This should This answer should be a piece of cake. That is correct. (laughs) Cupcake dolls were designed to resemble Southern Bells. Which hit show from the 1990s starred Jenna Garth, Shannon Doherty, and Jason Priestley? Oh, April. April. 90210. (laughs) (laughs) I used to like that. April. (laughs) (laughs) One to one to nothing. Question number three. Which hockey icon announced his retirement Josh. in night? Wayne Gretzky. Which hockey... No, I'm kidding. You got it right. It was Wayne Gretzky. Uh, so now we're one to one to one. Question number four. Which film released in 1997... Dog, situate yourself. Which film released in 1997 was at the time... The most expensive film ever made. Josh. April. Josh. Titanic. That is correct. Now it comes down to this question number five worth. How many people died? Oh, 168. This is 168 points. <laughs> Ooh. Ooh. Which of these hairstyles was popular in the 1990s? A. Mohawk. B. Queef. <laughs> Quiff. I'm sorry. <laughs> Quiff. 
<laughs> Isolate that. <laughs> C, mop top or D, curtain Josh. Josh. Mop top. Josh is incorrect. What? Read him again. A, mohawk. B, quiff. C, mop top. D, curtain tear. Uh, April. April. Mohawk. That is incorrect. Shit. Mop top was popularized in the 50s. Oh. Perhaps the 60s with the Beatles. I'm going to go with D. You'd be correct, sir. Curtain hair. The stuff. Who even is that? It's uh, I don't know. Guys, I won the quizzical. Shit. Holy shit. I won the I quizzical. first. It's been a minute. Uh, I thought it was going to be the yeah. Caesar here. What no, is it? Let me see. Curtain this. The Eric Von Detten. Oh, like, yeah. Oh, yeah. The writer's oh, yeah, I, I had. Yeah, I had that. I'm sorry. What? I got some. I got an old picture somewhere oh, of me with that. With tips? Perfect. Frosted tips? No, for, I did frosted tips, though, in the early 2000s. Yeah, yeah that was late 90s, early 2000s. Mm. Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, I hope you've had a great time. This has been a fun two-parter. We've got some fun stuff on the docket. I was super excited to to cover this subject but we have to do a five star review before we end five 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 star review danny dunston gave us five stars thank you sir he says Love this podcast. Always entertaining. You guys have the great ability to tell the stories of the most horrible events and yet still get me to laugh. You're all hilarious. Keep on trucking, guys. Josh, by the way, he says, put a shirt on when you are doing a doozy of a poozy. That's Ryan. Some of the weirdest shit you ever. You too. You admitted to it. D- I said from time to time. I, no, I pooped I'll, before we recorded, and I wore my shirt. Good for you. Isn't Dunstan... His last name is Dunstan? Isn't that a movie? Yeah, Isn't Dunstan's what, Monkey or something. Yeah, it's uh, Dunstan Checks In, and Dun- it's about Dunstan, like an orangutan yeah. in a hotel. And Larry Checked Out. <laughs> I apologize, Danny, if I said your last name wrong. <laughs> Seriously. See the movie Dunstan Checks In? It's great. Yep. My brother loves it. I feel like wasn't Jonathan Taylor Thomas in that? Someone. He was everything in the 90s. He was. He just walked out and he was like, ooh. <laughs> anyway, Danny, this one's for you, buddy. I hope you enjoyed this episode and stick around for more because we've got a lot of good things planned. And that's been your five star shout out. So. I guess if McVeigh was to do a plug, he would say, I died in 2001. What do I have to say? Hmm. I think it was good, pegged, not plugged. Good riddance, buddy. Visit prisonplanet.com at fours.net. <laughs> <laughs> Most downloaded app right now, folks. So, Josh, where are you when you're not here? I am on the Off Tempo podcast with April, and that is a music history podcast, and that comes out every Tuesday morning, and you can find that on Facebook and Podbean. April? Uh, well, we like wrestling. Josh likes wrestling. Larry likes wrestling. Mm-hmm. I also like wrestling. So um, if you like wrestling, come find us on the Potty Slam podcast. We are a wrestling history podcast uh, where we talk about silly stories and shenanigans uh, in the world of wrestling. We have brand new episodes out every f- Friday, and we are on Facebook and Twitter and Podomatic. 
And check out the Evis, Evis podcast.net latest uh, episode. It is about a baseball player turned mobster. Ooh. Oh, Marty was Ooh. telling me about we after my sad week. Me and Marty. Is your ball went, sack talking over there, Josh? Me and Marty Creamy. went out to go see an Arnold. Me and Marty went out to go see an Arnold, Arnold movie because it's the best way to therapy yourself mm-hmm. after a shitty situation. Mm-hmm. I had a great time. Good. And he told me about the EFIS episode, and I was like, I will download it. Yeah, it's very interesting. So. Cool. Cool. Submit to loving Beer City Media, people. Submit? Yeah. Yeah, we are your overlords. We're your overlords. We're cool. We got doggos. Mm-hmm. We got lives. Check us out at Conspiracy T Show, which when we drop every episode is linked on a Monday. Check out our Instagram. Check out our Facebook. Join our close group. Hang out. Tell us stuff. Tell us about when you saw a ghost. Or maybe a weird cryptid. I don't know. I'm talking like Scottish. I am. I've been my dearest Marjorie. I've been working on it. Oh, I got to give a shout out to that guy. I think it was John who posted that picture that made me laugh Mm -hmm. my dick off, (laughs) and I grabbed it and glued it back on. So, thanks for listening. Thanks for checking us out. Rate us five stars. You get a shout out, obviously, on our pages. Obviously, if you want to wear our swag, shop.spreadshirt.com slash conspiracy therapy podcast. That's really all there is to say about it. I mean, come on, guys. Mm -hmm. Season Mm -hmm. two. Yep. The new shirts up yet? Uh, Not yet, but they will be uh, in the next week. I'm trying to figure out. Link them. Yeah. When they are up. New shirts coming soon. Uh, is there anything anybody else wants to throw out there before we go to sleep on our pillows? I've had almost an entire bottle of wine. <laughs> Fucking A, man, I have. <laughs> it's really good. It's like the kind that it's tastes... It's really good. Ah! No! <laughs> <laughs> it's, that, it's that kind that tastes better every time you drink it. Isolate <laughs> the hip. Still doing that uh, Twitch thing, and actually in a couple of weeks, a couple big, big games, Life is Strange 2, a couple of the big games coming out, and I'm going to be doing a what I'm calling a minimal talking stream of those, so that way people that are interested in these games can see it and see if they like it. And they Mad can pick football! It if you like, if you like, uh, yeah. if you like video, if you like video game streaming, t- check out twitch.tv slash Bovo May. We're actually going to do um, probably like a drunk tacular episode when we do that. Um, we'll be here hanging out. And you guys games. can actually play the games with us via your phone. Yeah, we could do like a big thing at Quiplash, <laughs> okay. which would be fun. Yeah. No, I love those games. Um, that's and baby. Pretty much. <laughs> We'll see you next week on another episode of Conspiracy Therapy. I love you guys to death. Okay, Joe Rogan. Honey, that bomb you dropped on me has rearranged the scenery. And it's so very hard to see beauty in all this debris. Baby, that bomb you dropped on me Sure did blow my love world apart Like 20 tons of TNT Exploded just below my heart Oh girl, that bomb you dropped on me Was my courtesy wake-up call 
I was asleep, but now I see the absurdity of it all. Honey, that bomb you dropped on me has rearranged the scenery, and it's so very hard to see the beauty in all this debris. This has been a presentation of Beer City Media.